You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Inside the Locker Room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And good morning. Welcome into the Monday edition of Inside the Locker Room. Hope everybody had a great weekend. 205-342-9904 is the phone number. If you'd like to get in on the show with us this morning, X accounts at Locker Room 109 at Barry Sanderson at Wimp Sanderson. One email for the show is wimpandberry at yahoo.com. Get the app, the Tide 100.9 app on your smartphone. Download that and you can take us with you anywhere you go there also is a message button there that you can send us a message and we can read that throughout the show uh they'll come to myself and to justin so feel free to use that as well to get in touch with us all the colors yellow is the most important least when it comes to building outdoors no matter what your project is this season a pier deck fence pergola you want to build that five-star backyard you want to do a yellower brand pressure Treated pie. Yellowwood offers the best protection against rot, fungal decay, and termite attacks. So it's no wonder Yellowwood is the brand of choice for building outdoors. If you're going to build, build it right. Go to the local dealer. Go to yellowwood.com to find that. And always remember, if it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, then believe me, you don't want it. These coaches going forward on fourth down, Dad, take the points, uh, especially in these tight games. Like this, the Lions uh, did lose last night, but I felt like if they would have taken those field goals when they could, I think they would have won. The coach says he doesn't regret it. What else is he going to say? But uh, I don't know. Well, that's been his theory all along. He's done that throughout the season. Yeah. Uh, Been good and bad. He's one of these guys that that thinks that way. Uh, I agree with you. I think he should have kicked the field goal. And there are times that he kicked that he didn't, and he won during the season. So, uh, he's done a great job. You know, the amazing thing is all that they showed a picture of all the people at Detroit, at the Detroit Stadium with no game, just being there rooting for Detroit, but they, they came to the stadium. <laughs> I yeah. thought it was the most unique thing I've ever seen. They were just piled in there. And every time they scored, it was on a, on a, on a television set, a big set, and they were watching it, and uh, they were wanting to win so bad. And I was really wanting them to win, too. You know, I think Mahomes... We, Barry and I always talk about uh, people missing on quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, I, I can just hear of what I've heard. You know, Mahomes, well, he's good, maybe not that good. You know, the person that decided that Kansas City should take Mahomes is the person that uh, should get the most credit and most glory for what he can do besides himself, besides Mahomes himself, because he was a good basketball player, uh, played really good in basketball as point guard. And um, he uh, uh, has been very athletic all of his life. And uh, sometimes you miss on quarterbacks. And somebody have this feeling about quarterbacks that you think uh, certain teams should take them. And they took Mahomes. And whoever did that uh, gets the credit with the coaching staff for doing that. So that was great. Like yesterday, UAB beat uh, Memphis. I have a player on each team. Darby Rich is the strength coach for Memphis, for Memphis and played for me and did a great job. And so did Philip Pearson, who's. Uh, on the coaching staff at UAB. So 
So uh, I didn't think Memphis played very very smart, but uh, UAB certainly gets the credit for that game. No doubt about that. Uh, in the uh, in in the Super Bowl, we'll have them in Vegas on the 11th. Uh, I think the 49ers are a two-and-a-half-point favorite, in case you want to know that. Sharon uh, Moore, uh, who's assistant Michigan and, and coached the six games that uh, coach could not be there, is the new coach at Michigan. A lot of harp griping about that uh, because no, any time that the assistant coach gets hired, everybody moans and groans. I, uh, On a lesser scale, I went through that myself. And uh, my family did, so it was. Uh, it's always uh, assistant coach can't do it. So anyway, we'll see. Uh, Farmers uh, from France, uh, P- Pavon, uh, Matthew Pavon. Not, it's not Matthew, but it starts with him. Had 11 starts. He's 31 years old. What barrier? He won 981,000. Um, R- Robbie Shelton uh, picked up 66,000. Alabama kid, and Tom Hogue, who is uh, from Huntsville, Athens. Picked up, I think, about twenty-two thousand. So, the farmers is um, a tournament that uh, the guys here at Alabama decide not to play. Uh, and I'm not going to tell you what Alabama's going to have to do to do what they not have to, but what they're going to do. But the SEC is has gone through seven games in basketball. Um, three teams, uh, two teams. Alabama's on top, six and one. Uh, uh, Auburn played very poorly. Auburn's not a great shooting team, and they showed that against Mississippi State in a very sloppy game. And uh, they're five and t- five and one. So we get, we've got uh, seven games played by everybody, with the exception of Tennessee and Vanderbilt. Tennessee and Vanderbilt lack one game. We've had forty-eight games played. And I'll tell you what that deal is. Arkansas has already lost two players. Uh, they they say they're sick. They say this. They say that. Uh, Arkansas uh, gets beat by Kentucky at home. They're in a pickle with their team. They're, you know, problems, problems, problems. Two teams have not won, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt and Missouri. I'll, I'll wait and say that what I think about Alabama a little bit later. And um, getting close to being, you know, I don't want to talk about the whole basketball. The other thing, uh, tomorrow night, uh, I will mention that, South Carolina, Tennessee, and, and uh, Mississippi State. And their, and their rivals at, at Ole Miss. Kalen uh, uh, DeBoer uh, has finished his offensive staff. Who has one defensive staff member to name. Robert Gillespie is the old staff member who stayed a running back coach and a very good recruiter. So that's it. we'll have uh, Houston Nutt on today, a little bit different since uh, Max not going to be only during the football season, and Houston will we'll talk to him about uh, what, uh, what Kalen has to go through right now. So Robert Gillespie, Gillespie is the only other person there. So outside of that, Barry, that's all I got. All right, we'll get right up to the uh, Yellowwood hotline. We'll go to Kentucky uh, and get J.D. into the show. Good morning, J.D. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Good, Good. Bro. How are you? Good. First off, I want to say roll tide, man. It's always great to be on 109, uh, uh, Time Sports Radio. Um you know, I just got, I uh, woke up this morning. Uh, always, first thing I do, I uh, pray, but I also check Alabama sports, check on updates, you know. And uh, looks like we have uh, Ryan, the the new wide receiver commit. Uh, yeah. I just, let me pull this back up. Yeah, we announced that the other day. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Williams. Ryan Williams. Well, I was going to say, Jamie French, yeah. uh, he's, uh, he's going to, Looks like he's coming back to commit to Alabama. 
Um, looks like Ryan is uh, was told that he was heavily going to uh, talk to this kid, and looks like he's going to commit. I think in about a week or so is what the news is saying. I don't know if y'all heard that or not. Yeah, I just I saw they had Ryan Williams was a lot of. Uh, people think a lot about, so they're using him to help with recruiting. So he's trying to get this guy back in the fold uh, there. So these players can have a big, big influence on these other players, especially the good ones. Oh, yeah, and, that, and that's something I thought that was really interesting this morning. Um, and I just thought I'd call and see if y'all heard. And, um, and I, I just want to say, I, I think, um, you know, with all the talk about, you know, with her, uh, with Labor and everybody else and, um, this next upcoming season, you know, I don't know it's going to be a, possibly a challenge, but I think you know with the stuff that we got coming um, and the players that we got staying, players coming. Um, one of the things <clears throat> that I was telling my grandpa, uh, we have some guys from Texas A&M coming, and some of those guys were the ones that was giving us, you know, a bunch of trouble in the last time we played them. And if you ask me, I think that. If, when they come to Alabama, um, I hopefully I hope that they'll be the ones to step up and say, "Hey, let's let's get this ball rolling. Let's you know prove everybody that we're hopefully still the Alabama team that you know that the weekend. Um, they'll you know we'll hopefully they'll produce legends you know to come. And I I, I have faith in in this team. I do, okay. and um, hopefully we can continue. Um, Seeing the path of uh, being champions. Thank you, JD. Appreciate the call. Um, Thanks, JD. Appreciate right, it. Uh, before we get to break, go ahead. go ahead. I just wanted to mention that 41 years ago in 1983, I just noticed where Barry said he watched the game 20 times. 50. Uh, 50. Uh, we were fortunate enough um, to leave on Thursday, go out to UCLA, beat the number one team in the country, uh, and a great victory um, for our school. Uh, um, for the university, I thought um, the football coach at uh, the University of uh, UCLA led the the prayer for Coach Bryant, which I thought was my Donahue, and um, it was a heck of a win. And we were able to see the proceeding proceedings uh, that went through with American flags and Alabama stickers on Auburn as the body was taken through Centerville, Alabama, down through where just in respect to everybody who liked Coach. And um, uh, he was buried in Birmingham. So a great victory for us back then. Uh, if it had been football, we'd have mentioned it. So it's basketball, so I won't mention it. But, All right. I want to say this about – you had a guy who was saying, you know, how does Auburn only score 58 points uh, when they go to Mississippi State? Well, uh these teams in the league know each other so well. They know the personnel. But I think the way Alabama plays gives them in the league, and especially at home, gives them such an advantage. Because, yeah, you can know their personnel, but the way the style that they play, they score so many points. So you don't ever see them at home. Now, on the road, they can Tennessee did hold them down. But uh, to where teams can hold them down because they just shoot so many threes and spread the court where – these other teams that play these grinding games where teams know each other inside and out. Now, that might flip to the NCAA tournament when you get there and you're on a neutral floor to play on these really tight rims and all. But the style of Alabama's playing, I think, has allowed those guys to be 6-1 and one and right now leading the conference. All right, we'll take this break. We'll get back. 
Uh, we got Tom Holdy. We'll get to Tom. Tuscaloosa Toyota. Go to TuscaloosaToyota.com. You can look at everything right there on the website. The 2024s are in. You can look at all those. Also, the new inventory, uh, the used inventory right there at the website. If you want to schedule a service, you can do it right there at TuscaloosaToyota.com. Swing by Skyland Boulevard. See Justin, David DeSantis, and tell them that Whip and Barry sent you. That's the Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 Traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We have had a few accidents this morning. For the most part, though, they remain pretty minor. We have picked up one on eastbound 2059, a little bit past Skyland Boulevard. A couple of vehicles there are on the right shoulder of the road. No lanes blocked and is not contributing to any real backups there. You are moving at posted speeds on 2059 from Foster's to Cottondale. And McFarland Boulevard is moving nicely as well. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good Monday morning. Water has now been restored in Walker, Fayette, and extreme northern Tuscaloosa counties. Those are communities served by the Oakland Water Authority, which went without water for days as a result of a recent sub-freezing weather outbreak. Bully Volunteer Fire Department's Anthony Gant tells news partner ABC 3340, the question everyone is asking is, what is being done to keep it from happening again? Boiled water notice remains in effect until water safety is assured. Don Hartley, Tuscaloosa Media, Tuscaloosa. Have you found- Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The weather cool and dry today with a sunny sky, the high 51. Clear tonight, the low 31. Then for tomorrow and Wednesday, the sky partially sunny both days. The high tomorrow 60, cooler on Wednesday with a high in the middle 50s at 54. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 42 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. I want to thank the local community uh, here. Um, we had two, uh, our area in, in 6A basketball in this uh, city is really, really a good area with Central, who's really good, Hillcrest, really good, Bryant, one of the best teams, if not the best team in 6A. Night. 6A. But um, last Friday night, um, for the second time at Northridge, we had a sellout. So people tried to get in. They couldn't get in the game. And also, Bryant played Central uh, the same night, and they had a sellout as well. So uh, people supporting uh, the kids, uh, this high school basketball in this community has been second to none this year. The basketball has been good, uh, but I appreciate people selling them out uh I don't just let them all come in, but uh, we had people turned away uh, at Northridge. They had people turned away at Bryant, and I expect it to be another sellout tonight uh, as Northridge travels over to Bryant uh, to play for the area title. All right, let's get to the Yellowwood hotline. Uh, go to www.yellowwood.com and get Tom in. Good morning, Tom. Morning. Uh, mo- morning, Barry. Morning, Coach. How are y'all this morning? Good. Good. How are you? 
I'm good. You you won Friday night, didn't you, Barry? Yeah, it was a slugfest, though. It was a really, um, you know, some people would say it was an ugly game, uh, but uh, it was a low-scoring game that kind of held the ball with no clock uh, there. But uh, it was a it was a good game. It was exciting at the end, and uh, we ended up hitting hitting a few shots there at the end to, to win. 35 to 28. 35 to 28. Wow. Yeah. That's so. crazy. <laughs> I guess you and Scott are going to go the full gamut of how many different ways you can win a ball game, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Without the clock, you know, you can do some different things. And uh, Scott's an excellent coach, does a great job. He and, sure is. He yeah, sure is. When you, when you beat him, you've accomplished something. That's my opinion. Yeah, he – you know, and they've they've lost some this year. He's had some injuries, uh, but uh, when you play him, he's going to have a great game plan, and they're going to be ready. They're going to give you everything you got for sure. So. Yeah, I enjoy watching his team yeah. like I do yours. Uh, yeah. I, I really appreciate great coaching at the high school level, and and both of you uh, bring that to the game. I like that. Thank uh, you. I, I was calling uh, Coach. Uh, you know, this weekend was a very interesting weekend for me. Uh, my wife and I, of course, we went to the ball game Saturday night and uh, met some people that we see, and everybody was kind of the theme, it seemed to me, that uh, we were talking about where were you when uh, Coach Bryant passed away, you know, Friday yeah. uh, being the anniversary of him passing away. And uh, everybody had a Coach Bryant story in the group there while we were eating. And uh, mine was your story, which is my favorite. Uh, if you can have a favorite about Coach Bryant passing, I don't mean it a happy thing, but uh, a real touching, emotional thing for me uh, is the way you tell it uh, uh, when you were preparing your team and uh, you were getting ready to go to the West Coast to play the number one team and uh, Coach Donahue saying a prayer. Uh, and, and then, uh, of course, the thing for me was when you called Paul Jr. and you said, you know, what do you want me to do uh, about this game? And he said, and this, is, this is hard for me to say. He said, Papa, we wanted you to play. Yep. And, uh, and that's a sad, sad yep. thing to think about well, because he had lost his daddy. And uh, it, uh, it's a good story. And that was my contribution to the conversation. I hope you'll be okay with that. That's what I said. Yeah. I said, uh, Coach Sanderson tells that story. It's a great story. And uh, and one of it, I wanted to ask you about something if it's true. And I got to, is this true or not? Okay, about Coach Bryant. They were okay. telling me, uh, they're, they're a little bit older than me, and their dad, two of them, dads were real good friends with Coach Bryant. Okay. Uh, when he come back, they were veterans of World War II, and uh, when uh, he came back to the university, they had gotten their degrees and went on to their careers, but they were friends with him, and he had called on them to do various things for him. I'm not going into all that. But uh, anyway, they were telling me, and this is the question I got for you, that when, you know, Coach Bryant was real tough and successful during the 60s, and then he hit a kind of a slump. And uh, they said that uh, Coach Bryant told their dad, 
said, you know, I am not getting good information from my assistant. They're telling me a bunch of BS, and it's not true. And I know it's not true, and I, I've got to do something about it. And so he hired three people that were former coaches at other places, and he got them to come in. He said, they're telling me what I want to hear, and I want it stopped. But before I do anything, I want you to verify that's what's going on with this group. And so they stayed for a year. And at the end of that year, they went there and they said, Coach, they're blowing smoke up your know-what. And he, they said, if you're going to win, you're going to have to do some changes. And that's when he shook up his staff and went and went on that run in the 70s. Is that true? I don't know who it was that you might – I would know if, if I knew who they it was. They didn't know. They didn't know who the people were that he hired. They okay. just said that their fathers told them that he hired somebody as a, just outside uh, opinion on what was going well, on with him. The only thing I would say to you at any point in time in, in his staff meetings or even in his in his office, if he was this if he was disgruntled with an assistant, he told him right there, regardless of who was there. He, he never. He would not go around. He would never go around the corner and get somebody else to go, get on his assistant coaches because he thought they were doing bad. He would go right to their face. Um, I know he he jumped at Pat James one time when I was there. Um, Pat James said, "I think so and so." He said, "I don't give a crap what you think." Um, uh, I, I don't know the answer to that because I don't know who they were. But Coach Brown was the kind of guy that would come to your face and tell you exactly where you where you stood, what you did. Offensively, the thing that they did was that Mal, Mal would run the offense, and he would get on the board uh, on Monday morning, and he would show Coach what they did and didn't do and what they needed to do, especially when they were running the wishbone. And that's what happened there. So I'm not. I'm not saying I'm, I doubt what you say. I just don't. I just. I know Coach Brown's personality. And his personality is say, let me, let me, let me, let me tell, let me tell all of you. Uh, because in staff meetings, nobody would talk much. Charlie Bradshaw would talk. He went to Kentucky. You're, nobody remembers Charlie Bradshaw but me. He might. And Ken Donahue would talk. Outside of those two, nobody spoke. In, in the meetings, unless you know, unless they had something that was really good to say, so uh, that's all I can tell you. <laughs> well, I, but I thought that was interesting, uh, uh, yeah. Coach yeah. Bryant. That you know, I thought. Well, I don't think I've heard all the stories, but I thought I'd heard a good many. Yeah, and uh, because if you live long enough, you'll hear yeah. stuff. I don't know that. I don't know that it didn't happen. It's not. It's not Coach Bryant's personality to do it that way. But I wouldn't argue. Right. With you. I, I wondered that because. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, anyway, I, I, that's what I found out this weekend. I enjoyed the ball game. I thought we showed okay. some improvement. And, uh, yeah, they better. I, I can't wait to hear what you got to say about Alabama later okay. on. Uh, when are you going to say that? Oh, I'll probably, after after we get through our two guests the last 30 minutes, I'll just tell you what my thinking is. You know, I'm going to be partially right and partially wrong, but my thinking usually is close. So we'll see. I got you. All right. All right. Thank you. Okay, thank, thank you, you Tom. Uh, before we get to break, is Coach Bryant one that uh, guys would tell him what he wanted to hear, or would people have the courage to tell him what needed to be told? No, no they wouldn't tell him anything. Really? They would go ahead and tell him what they thought. Ken Donahue, 
uh, would would tell him exactly because he's in charge of the defense. And Charlie Bradshaw, who was a great coach, uh, went to Kentucky. Uh, years you weren't even crap. You wouldn't even have thought in your mama's mind then. You were so long ago. Was a great coach, and he would he would say what he thought. Uh, they wouldn't say, you know, they would they would pretty much would go through the coordinators or the people would go through stuff without without being a question. We you know we need to do better blocking. We need to do this, do this, this but without really just, you know, our, our coach would say to them, unless we get better here, or this guy gets better. You know, we you know he would he would pretty much scold them. Um, there's always, uh, there's always when you went to see coach, a knock on the door. By that I mean you just didn't, you didn't go. You you might, you would go to the secretary. You say is coach busy, and uh, he was. She would say just a minute, or you need to come back, or whatever. And uh, that that's the way that that handled. I, when I went to see him, I knock on the door. I ask her generally. I ask her if I could see him for, for two minutes to give him the names of a couple of kids I wanted him to call because he. You have to understand back then, differently, football, would, they would kill us, try to kill us in basketball with football. Coach Bryant didn't want basketball. He left basketball, called, left Kentucky because the coach were up, all that crap. And so, you know, we tried to get him to call and try to help us some, and he did. So, uh, he's a, I don't know if you will notice this. Uh, I've said it on, I, I never used his first name. Never. I've never used it. And, uh, I did say the other day that I went to see Mrs. Bryant, and that I did. And she said to me, Coach, I've had the insurance company is coming in here in a few minutes. Would you would you sign for me to be not to be put on? Um, and I'm not using the right language. Uh, a machine to live. Uh, I, I don't want I don't want to live on machine. I said yes, ma'am. And so when. When those insurance company did come, I did sign it for her, and we took her to a, got her to go to a few games, not many. But uh, and the funny part about her was that she'd say, "Coach Bryant was sitting over here in this chair, and you and he moved over to this chair, and you got to playing better." That he wouldn't move out of that. You know, he he would go from chair to chair. He thinking that he was winning the game for us. Yeah, and he was losing the game if he's sitting in a certain chair. It's pretty hmm. cute. Yeah, where all coaches are superstitious. Don't yeah. They? Hey, right. two minute truck got thirteen thirty Martin Road East. That's where you go pick up your boxes, your packing supplies, whatever you need to get ready for this move. Moving is stressful enough. These guys are trained to take great care of you and your stuff. So give them a call today. They'll set you right up. Give you a free estimate. Two zero five two four seven. Five zero five zero. That's two men in a truck, movers who care. Coach Houston Dunn is next. That's the tide one hundred point nine. It's the home of Alabama sports. Hey, what if I listen? Two-time state champion and two-time NIT champion Barry Sanderson breaks down the latest in sports on Inside the Locker Room on Tide one hundred point nine. Yellowwood, pressure-treated pine from Great Southern Wood. If it doesn't have a yellow tag on it, you don't want it. Going to build the five-star backyard. Go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer that is closest to you. All right, we get to the Yellowwood hotline. Former head coach at Ole Miss, Arkansas, Murray State. Uh, was with CBS Sports. I think he 
uh, retired there. I don't want to use the word retired, but became a full-time granddad uh, this year, and I'm sure he's good at that as well. Coach Houston Nutt. Good morning, Coach. How are you? Hey, Houston. Hey, good morning. Good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Uh, I appreciate you being. I appreciate you taking time to be on. Um, I wanted to ask you this. You have taken jobs, and you have left jobs. Uh, we have a, and you have, and you were successful. You were following people that were somewhat successful and you were successful when you left. Tell our listeners, uh, about Kalen DeBoer as far as having to get ready to coach for coach <laughs> to be the new coach at Alabama, what he's going through, what's going to happen there. Yeah. Uh, you know, just watching Coach DeBoer on the outside looking in, you know, he's done a great job uh, place he's been. The thing that's, that's, that's difficult now is well, when you jump in to uh, a job like uh, University of Alabama and you're you're following the greatest of, 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 of great, and uh, now, you know, the, the expectation is, is championships. And so it's, it's – it's now Coach DeBoer's trying to put his blueprint down, get his plan going, and so all eyes are on him. And so there's a, there's just a, a, a different. It's going to be a different uh, a coach, and so it, it's he, he's going to do things different. And that's not yeah. to say that he won't take some things that Coach Saban did. And I'm sure he's going to go uh, and ask for advice and, and lean on him a little bit. But the thing that's 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 difficult is you're you're going to a place where uh you expect uh championships and that's national championships sec championships and so he's going into a, you know a, a tough situation but again you know you got to admire a coach that says hey i'm i'm i got blinders on and i'm going full speed and i got confidence and i can do this thing so yeah. uh you look at the way his teams have played you know his teams were, were fun to watch physical tough and um I'm anxious to see how this change is going to miss uh, Coach Saban on that sideline. It's uh, you always <laughs> when you think of Alabama here last, you know how many every years it was. You think about Coach Saban. So now that he's not there, it's going to be different. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, one other thing before Barry gets on with you, uh, Coach is going to have an office over the stadium, far enough away to where he's not going to go to practice. He's not going to tell him it's what to run on fourth down. Um, but he's going to be there if he needs to lean on him. And I think that's, I think, and he was at the press conference and I think that's a great way to do it. Uh, I'm going to answer the questions that you asked me, but I'm not going to tell you what to do that type thing. And, uh, you know, some people have booed that, didn't like that idea. I think it's, I think it's fine because coaches is handle himself very well. Uh, the athletic directors thanked him for what he's, he's done as far as, helping him decide on a coach. So talk a little bit about that. You know what? I, I'm glad you brought that up, Coach, because I'm with you on that. I, I think that's so good. You know, the thing about coaching is uh, it's the dismount. We don't always get to dismount the way we want to. Yeah. You know, that's the one thing that I feel uh, I, I missed out on is being able to go back to have that place where you're welcome, they appreciate your work, and not that you're going to medal, 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 but hey, I'm here. I'm here on the other side of the stadium, and uh, you want to drop in, drop in. And you know, I saw that when I went to Texas A&M, Coach uh, R.C. Slocum, and I thought it was so good 
a guy that coached there that had an office. He went to Aggie clubs. He spoke to groups. Uh, on game day, went to different boxes. And then in the off season, you know, if coach needed him, you know, they drop in on him. And, sure. and I, I just think it's a, it's a great, great deal. Uh, uh, and I think it benefits both because, as you know, this old job here, you know, you, you don't get to go out all the way the way you want to. You sure. know? I, never sure. will, I never will forget, I was in a golf tournament with Bobby Bowden, and he gave me a nice compliment. Boy, I like watching your teams play. And, and, I, and I said to him, well, yeah, I, I just didn't go out right. And he stopped the cart, golf cart, and he said, son, you know, I, there's a stadium that's named after me, and I didn't go out right either. And it woke me up. Like, here's a guy, the Hall of Fame of all Hall of Famers, and there's a guy that he didn't get to act exactly go out the way he wanted to either. Yeah. So, not easy. And so now you got, you know, a guy like Coach Saban. I think it's exactly, I think you're exactly right, Coach. I think that's, this is a, a, a great, great thing. Yeah, it's kind of like Coach K. You know, very few times uh, Houston do you go out on top. Like, uh, just like right. you want to keep going, but you just don't see it happen. I think uh, maybe Dean Smith did it. Maybe Roy Williams did it, Coach K. But this is rare, yep. isn't it, where a guy leaves and nobody wanted him to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rare as rare can be in this world that we're in now, this coaching world that is so different than it was, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, and NIL portals, and then worry about players that you have on your team, leaving and all those things every single day. Uh, it's a different world, and so you add all that up and, and to say, well, I get to go out when I want to, mm, very, very rare. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they always say when you get a job, you got to be yourself. You can't try to be somebody you're not. He can't try to be uh, Coach Saban, when uh, Ray Perkins took over for Coach Bryant, and he couldn't try to be uh, Coach Bryant. But, you know, when you hear Nick Saban talk in press conferences, you're like, man, I never thought about it that way. Like, this guy has some unbelievable things that he does, and, and he implemented them here at Alabama, and they call it the process, uh, the process. You know, I know Coach DeBoer is probably going to do it his way, but he probably has to look back at the process and say, well, what, how did Nick handle that? Because usually – Coach was probably right. So in some ways, he got to just be himself, but probably some ways use some of the system that's already in place here. He needs to find that balance, don't you think? Absolutely. And I think it goes back to what your dad said. You know, for him uh, to be there, not that you're going to go over there every day, but I guarantee you I would go, you know, once a week, twice a week, and, and you just kind of go through that process and you kind of go pick his brain a little bit on different things. But the one thing, you know, you, he does have to be himself. The one thing about an 18, 19, 20-year-old, as y'all know, you really can't fool him. You can't, you can't be somebody you're not. you got to be yourself. And Coach DeVore has to be himself. And uh, he has ways that, that, and plans that's been successful. And, but that's not to say, hey, you're in a brand-new environment, brand-new league. That's not to say you don't have to listen. Yeah. Uh, for dad, for dad gets on retirement, uh, and all indication is that coach is going to TV. Uh, will that be enough for him? This guy's a competitive guy. Uh, TV, you know, you got, you kind of sit there, you're neutral. You just talk about the game. Is that going to be enough for coach Saban? 
<laughs> well, you know, again, I, I I thought he'd go two, three more years, you know. So I mean, I I, I don't know. Um, again, I, I think he he'll be great on TV. Everybody's going to want him. Uh, but uh, there, I, I promise you this: you're going those first few Saturdays. Mm. I promise you, there'll be some twitching going on. Like, oh man, I you know you that's the part you miss. You you can't buy that celebrated yeah. locker room. Y'all know that. You can't buy that relationship. You miss those things. You're gonna. There's gonna be a lot of it he misses, but there's gonna be a lot of it that he says, "Whoa, I'm glad I'm not doing that today." Yeah, no doubt. That. Yeah, every morning you wake up uh, a few a few mornings after you get out of it, you look at the mirror and you're just trying to decide what, what direction you're going. It's not easy. Um, That's right. I I think the one thing that coach did, regardless of how good you could coach, if you couldn't recruit, he didn't take you. And I think that I think uh, that that was the big thing that made him the, the recruiting process that uh, Georgia now has based on what coach coach did at Alabama. And so when you come in, you've got staff members and wives and kids that are about to come in with you, and some are not coming in with you. Um, you need to, you need to make the decisions of that that kind of thing pretty quick, don't you? Because you're dealing with people and people's families. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, one thing that that you mentioned that is so true. If you look at the just look at the resume, you look back year after year. The, cons- the one thing that always stood out was usually it's number one and number one recruiting class, and so the evaluation was always on point. And to be able to to have those coaches to go and recruit and to be able to evaluate. And the one thing that was impressive to me is when Coach Saban won a title, the one thing I noticed, I've never seen a coach that can be so quick to put the foot right back on the pedal. Because, uh, you know, we all have a tendency, okay, we won it. You yeah. take this deep breath. <sighs> I'm going to take a deep breath and relax here just a little bit. But, you know, he, he didn't do that very often. You know, he went yeah. right back to work, and it's the back, the back, the back. That To me, that always shows the work ethic. And then you talk about assistance. The one thing, too, uh, I would talk to Coach Saban about sometimes in the offseason would be he would get, and Terry was really good at this, and uh, the coaches' wives, we all know what a job and role they play. It's it's difficult. And uh, he would pick the right ones, but Nick would do some special things for the wives, you know, give them a, a shopping certificate or give them a little money here or there. He would do some things that, okay, you know, he would get them very quickly. Him and Terry did a good job of getting them on on their side real quick. And, you know, that, that develops that, that loyalty and that work ethic when you when you give some time for family and uh, let the wives have some special times and, and gifts. That, that always helps. Uh, Coach, as uh, is- – Coach DeBoer gets into spring practice. Uh, Jalen Milrow had a lot of success. Uh, and he, he said when he got here, we adjust our offensive system around our quarterback. But he has other quarterbacks that have other strengths. You can't have two offensive systems in there. Will this really be an open quarterback competition? Or will they say Milrow uh, is one big, this is going to be this kid's job? When, when should you name a quarterback in the, it, with what Jalen had done this past year? Well, it's always good to know 
who the quarterback is. Usually the locker room, they'll, they'll know too pretty quick. The guy that, that's in the weight room, the guy that works and the guy that says, Hey, follow me. I'll show you the way when it's third and eight, the work ethic, my attitude, and all that. But again, when a new coach comes in, I don't think he'll be so quick to say, okay, hey, you're, you're the guy. He's gonna, he's gonna allow people to compete and, uh, he, he wants, he's gonna see, uh, who's gonna step up and who's gonna take charge and who's gonna be the quarterback. And so, I, I, there's nothing wrong with competition. Uh, but the thing that, that to me is always tough is when you, when you wait, 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 now you go into two a day and wait, 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 wait. That's when, to me, it gets a little iffy when you don't know, who your guy is when most of most of the time they do know who who the guy is. Yeah. Yep. Uh as you're as you're approached by the athletic director, uh athletic director talks to you about being the coach. Uh do you feel out the and, and I know this is almost a joke because I know what the expectations are. Do you feel out the do you feel out the, the word are we gonna have time to meet expectations? Because you're going, you're taking your program, and you're not going to be as good if you lose one game. Uh, where are we going to stand with expectation? By the way, what what do you have for our, for the uh, non conference football schedule? Uh, those are the kind of things that you ask the athletic director. Not saying you're not going to take the job, but you right. would like to find out. Uh, you know, am I going to have time to to get busted after I get busted to make this thing work? Is that the things you ask, AD? I, I think you always you have that conversation. Now the the thing about Alabama, you know the the one thing, and this is what we talked about at the beginning of the show. You, you know you're jumping in the frying pan that 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 fans boosters they're 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 accustomed they're used to yeah. winning. You know and, and you know we all sat there even with Coach, with Coach Saban. You yeah. know you got fans getting mad when he lost one, especially the first game he loses to Texas. Yeah, Coach he, Bryant. He, <laughs> <laughs> I mean so. You're going to have have that conversation, but in the back of back of Coach DeBoer's mind, he's got to know uh, this conversation may be wasted oxygen because I know what the expectations are going to be. I know what the fans expect because you're at, you're at a place where uh, you go in that trophy trophy room and and they're they're stacked up. Houston, we're on Coach Houston. Who is making these rules? Uh, is it the NCAA? Okay, I get the one-time transfer, but now we just let them go every year. If they want to go, they can go. <laughs> Whatever happened to academics? Who's making these rules? And then who decided when a coach leaves, we can open up the portal now for another 30 days? Uh, these guys could have stayed here. Uh, gone through spring ball, and then if they wanted to leave, it was going to open back up. Who is actually making these rules? Nobody's ever recruited because this is a nightmare uh, for all sports in the NCAA. I was talking to my brothers two weeks ago about that very thing you're talking about, and it, it just it blows my mind because you know we used to have meetings all the time that used to wear me out. I was worried to death about the APR for so and so left. Now you're going to lose a point there. You flunked out. You're going to lose a point there. Or you've got to get your APR back up. I'm like, oh, I never hear the three letters anymore. No. APR. Never hear about it. And then you mentioned the transfer. I don't know who makes the rules. And and the horse has left the barn. That's where. You know, I keep hearing, boy, they're going. Congress is going to get involved. They're going to put a ceiling on this thing of NIL. I, I don't know. I don't know how you're going to do that now. Uh, it's going to be real interesting to see how 
Congress or somebody's going to pass rules because I don't know. I don't see the NCAA. I don't know who. To answer your question, I, I can't help you. But I don't know who's making rules. <laughs> You wouldn't think it's been anybody that's ever recruited because it's a no. ni- it's a nightmare, uh, coach. No. A nightmare. You know, you know what they say. You know what the assistants say, Barry is. There's never a time. I got a few assistants that coach me. They're still coaching. The there used to be at least a little seasonal where you okay, this is vacation time. There's none of that no more because at any time, mm-hmm. at any time, a guy can come on campus unofficially or official. Hey, I'm coming to visit in the middle of June. Yeah, I'm gonna spend one day. So you you're getting called off the the beach with the family. Hey, you got to get back in. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's unbelievable. Yeah, no. Oh, I was, I was trying to think. The the NIL situation is a joke. Um, you know, we have Florida State who got disappointed. Uh, I think Alabama probably should have been in. I'm not probably, but you know, Florida State got disappointed. Number thirteen will get disappointed this coming year. Uh, when they have 12 in the league, 12 get there. Um, is the 12 good for football? I guess it is. Uh, just make the comparison comments to our listeners about 12 versus yeah. four. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it was headed that way, guys. You know, it's uh, everybody wanted it. You know, they they wanted it because everybody's been wanting, like, the tournament. They don't like basketball. Yeah. To, to keep getting that number there. and But you're right, 13 will be mad. But I think at least now uh, a team like Florida State wouldn't be left out. Uh, you know, you felt for them. They, they beat everybody on that schedule. Yep. And uh, the committee still probably made the right decision. But, you know, there's a team that, that did everything they were asked to do to win a championship. And that's where, well, I think Barry asked me, you know, five, six years ago, how would you do it? And we always said, hey, to me, a champion, if you're a champion of your conference, you deserve to be there. And that's why we'd always say five champions and three at large. And so now the number's at 12. And so I think the fans are going to love it. Now, it's going to be interesting to look at the the schedules and, and again, talking about finals. You got a lot of scheduling to me that it's going to be interesting how everything's handled now uh, when you start hitting that 12th, 13th. 14th game. Yeah, let me, let me even throw something else at, at, you, at you, Houston. Coach Bryant would roll over in his grave. You're telling me I got to play Oklahoma before I play Auburn? And Auburn is saying I got to play Texas A&M before I play Alabama? Coach oh. Bryant would have a hissy fit. <laughs> no, there's no doubt about it. And a hissy fit over a lot of other things, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. No doubt. <laughs> Lastly, uh, coaching, you know, Monday morning quarterbacks, we all play it. I was watching the game last night, and I don't, I'm not an analytical guy probably because I'm not smart enough. I think you have to coach on field and decide. Uh, whew, going forward on fourth down when you're up 14, Houston, uh, I don't know. Let's kick that field goal to go up three scores. And then going forward again when you're down three, they go right down and make it a two-score game. Uh, what's your What's your thoughts on these yeah. analytics well, and uh, all yeah. this? I was hollering at the TV last night on that deal, you know, to get your team tied. They they played yeah. to, to the, the momentum had switched. Yes. you know, they went from twenty-four to seven, and Detroit's fun to watch, and I love what Coach Campbell's done. But there comes a time, just like you said, the gut. Forget about the analytics. Get your team in a position to win. Yeah. You know, I, I, I got really tired of listening to analytics a lot this year on fourth down, and, and a lot of there's a lot of common sense. When a lot of coaches are not looking at the clock and all the, the to me the little things, just like 
you look back, I guarantee it's easy to look back, and I know Coach Cam is going to say, hey, we, this is how we got here. We're aggressive, this and that. But you had two opportunities on fourth down. Could have very easily been in the Super Bowl this, you know, today. Yeah. Everybody says they're not going to watch it because of Taylor Swift. They're lying, Houston. They're going to watch it. I don't care whether they are, whether Taylor's on there or not. Right? Oh, they go. No question, no question about it. <laughs> I think even Dad's a Swifty, uh, Coach. So. No. Oh, wow. Okay. You're the best. We appreciate it, uh, no, Coach. No, y'all Houston, I appreciate you being on. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'll uh, we'll get back back with you again. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, see y'all, guys. All right, there's Coach Houston. Nut. Uh, he agrees with us on the fourth downs and. Uh, Coach DeBoer used a little bit of that process as well. Uh, you listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. Our accident on eastbound 2059 past Skyland Boulevard looks to have cleared. At least it is out of the roadway. No lanes blocked. And we are noting any backup there. In fact, drive time both directions on 2059 between I-359 and Skyland is clocking in at just seven or eight minutes with no big problems along the way. And McFarland is moving well for those coming in from the Coker area this morning. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Townsend East. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. The weather cool and dry today with a sunny sky, the high 51. Clear tonight, the low 31. Then for tomorrow and Wednesday, the sky partially sunny both days. The high tomorrow 60. Cooler on Wednesday with a high in the middle 50s at 54. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 42 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Alabama fans are all over the world, and we are too. Download the Tide 100.9 app right now in the App Store and Google Play, and take the Crimson Tide everywhere you go. Back to inside the locker room. I think Yellowwood, pressure treated pine for making this seven o'clock hour possible. Always remember you're going to build the five star backyard. Only one choice that's Yellowwood. Go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer that is closest to you. And if it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, you don't want it. Take this top of the hour break. We open up the phone lines 205 342 9904. Doug Bell will join us. At 8.15, we'll talk to him about Nick Dunlap and what's going to happen this weekend. He lists the Tide 100.9. That's the home of Alabama sports. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Eddie Garcia. Checking the NFL championship games on the NFC side. The 49ers were down 17 points at the half. Rally back and beat the Lions 34-31. Quarterback Brock Purdy had 267 yards passing and a touchdown. 48 yards rushing as well. And running back Christian McCaffrey added 90 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. San Francisco was the first team to be down 17 and a half in a conference title game and come back to win. On the AFC side, Chiefs go into Baltimore, beat the Ravens 17-10, knocking off the top seed in the AFC. Quarterback Patrick. 
Patrick Mahomes had 241 yards for Kansas City with a touchdown pass to tight end Travis Kelsey, who had 11 catches for 116 yards and broke Jerry Rice's record for most receptions in postseason history. So Super Bowl 58 is set February 11th in Las Vegas. The 12-5 49ers against the 11-6 Chiefs. It's the eighth Super Bowl appearance for San Francisco, tied for second all-time, sixth for Kansas City, and their fourth in the last five years. Inside the locker room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to the second hour of Inside the Locker Room. All-State Insurance agent Andrew Knifer. Andrew is my agent. Let Andrew become yours. I did 4705 McFarland Boulevard, Suite 3 over in Norport. Don't just pay your bill. Know exactly what you have insurance-wise. And when you need something here locally, uh, you want to have the backing of All-State, but you want to have a guy like Andrew and the staff to know uh, where you need, if you need to get something done with your car because of an accident or something with the home, uh, then these guys have all the connections. They know exactly where to send you. 205 722 They have a Facebook page, Andrew Knifer, Allstate Insurance. Let him run you a quote today. All right, Doug Bell will join us here in about 10 minutes or so. But uh, we did talk a little SEC basketball. I want to ask you, Dad, what I said at the end of the First segment, uh, you know, these teams in the league uh, know each other pretty well. You know the personnel, you know who can shoot, who can't shoot. You know where uh, they like to get shots out of their offense. Uh, And so a lot of times these games turn into half-court grinds. Low-scored Kentucky uh, for a long time there against Arkansas was – I think they had six points maybe with ten minutes into the half. They weren't scoring, and they finally – finally did where Alabama plays such a different style where they're going to rip and run and shoot it fast. And so they, they can score 110. You'd barely rarely see that in a conference game. So does their style help them, uh, especially at home, uh, because they're hard to, to prepare for because they, they play so fast. Yeah, I think it does. I think the first, first thing and foremost is they shoot it better than anybody else. And I think they get better looks. Uh, their fast break is a little bit better, and their their looks their looks are better than Kentucky's. Now, uh, for the lack of me, I can't understand how they're saying that Kentucky is making they're making a little bit less than ten a game, ten threes. Alabama's making more, but Alabama's shooting more than anybody in the league. They've shot the most threes of anybody in the league, and they have the, probably the best shooters in the league. And when you have a kid like Sears who who transfers in there, I'll talk about what's going to happen in these last games later, but. When you have a guy like Sears who can wiggle through there, and and when you combine when you combine cheap baskets with three point shots, uh, those two, those two, and you're effective doing that. I don't think you're effective all the time for other coaches who don't care for that. But I think Alabama's team has been good. Uh, in the game the other night, I'll talk about that. Not before I talk about the other. After a while, LSU missed time and time again. They had the worst shooting inside I have ever seen and got all kinds of shots. They never use the glass. They always use the rim. And when you do that, you cut down your opportunity to score something fierce. If any of you guys listen to our show or coach you, the backboard is your friend. 
Um, there are times you can't use it, but uh, and I noticed Auburn did this. I was shocked. You go in and try to try to uh, to dunk the basketball when you can lay it up and score. Um, you got that's no reason for that you're selfish. So uh, LSU had a chance and is playing a little bit better, but uh, the shots that they missed around the goal, twos are not going to be threes. But I think Barry's right. I think I think the way they run with it, the way they shoot it. Uh, I'll tell you what my what my thinking is. After a while, uh, they're a step ahead of everybody in in, in Coleman Coliseum. Yeah, I get everybody's down on Auburn uh, losing two games on the road. Uh, sometimes you stay out on the road. They watch how Auburn did. They stayed here too long. in town. I think you stay out too long. Uh, you know, but. Mississippi State's a hard team to play. They're good defensively. Uh, they're at the end of the day, Auburn's five and two, so I wouldn't write them off just yet. Uh, you know, they're no. going to get back home. Uh, you know, not many people are coming to Tuscaloosa and win. And quite honestly, I know Alabama went to state and won, but uh, I think Auburn's schedule will ease up a little bit for them now. They'll get some home games uh, here as I'm, I'm pulling up their schedule here. But I wouldn't write them off. I still think they got Vanderbilt. Uh, then they got to go to Ole Miss. Then they got uh, Alabama coming down there. Florida on the road. Uh, South Carolina, Kentucky at home. At Georgia, at Tennessee, Mississippi State at home. Uh, at Missouri, and then they finish up with Georgia at home. But they're still five and two. They still are, are thick in this uh, league race, don't you think? Oh sure. Uh, you know, I, I've already said that I felt like that uh, there's a chance that that fourteen uh, four would win it. Or be very, at the very top, it tied. You know, it could be a, it could be a fifteen three, but uh, I think fourteen four has a good chance to win. We have uh, we have teams that have improved a great deal, but not enough to beat you. The 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 LSU uh, the LSU's have improved some. Georgia has gotten better. Alabama has to go there, and uh, those those two are much better than we thought they would be. Uh, good enough to win. Mm, don't know about that, but I'll, I'll go over that later. But uh, uh, the, the disappointments that we had in the first six, uh, two of them are gone as far as winning the round robin, and that's Texas A&M and Arkansas. Neither one of those A&M loses at home against Ole Miss. Um, so Ole Miss, I mean, not just one game, but they're not going. Arkansas will be. I would not think would even get in the NCAA tournament. Now, they may get him on name only, but uh, and they play Alabama. Uh, at Alabama does not go there to start with. So uh, uh, those two, Arkansas and and A and M, are out of that six man race that we mentioned at the very beginning. We only have four left that are going to win the round robin or tie for the round robin. Maybe a tie, but that's Tennessee, Kentucky. If you want to put Tennessee a little bit as a favorite, you can. Most people do. Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama, and Auburn are the four that have a shot to win the the round robin. All right. uh, We'll talk to Doug here in just a minute. Before we do that, let's talk about uh, uh, switching over to Goth, AT&T, Pebble Beach, uh, Pro-Am. Wow, big purse here. $20 they're giving away. Uh, I think there's only one tournament that has a bigger purse than that. So, do you guys think, Justin as well, uh, Dad, you go first. Will Nick Dunlap make the cut uh, this this weekend or this this week? His first uh, tournament as a professional. 
There's been a lot thrown at him. I'm, not, I'm sure he's been practicing and don't even know when it, what his schedule is. I did see Richard Ellis yesterday running. He said he heard us giving him a shout-out on the radio. His daughter, obviously, dating uh, Nick Dunlap. Do you think he'll go out and make the cut uh, now in this first tournament? I think I think uh, he's got a good chance, too. But also, it could go either way for him. I think the big factor there is the difference in the, in the, in the wind. Uh, playing in that kind of wind out there, uh, is, and, uh, you know, all the great players are there. It is not easy. Uh, and the wind is a factor. There's no doubt about it. And having not, you know, as many practice rounds as you can get in, the better off you are. A lot, a lot is made because of movie stars are there and people are there in the, in the, in the, um, in the pro-am, some great people will play with you in the pro-am so forth. But, uh, should be very, very interesting. Not going uh, to the farmers was probably the right thing to do, and what he did, I think, was the right thing to do. And we'll get better comments by that from Doug than I can give you. But uh, I just feel like that uh, he's he's on the golf is a very frustrating thing, and uh, we talk about the mental approach to athletics, brother. Um, you better be mentally tough when you when you get there. Yeah, so uh, uh, Justin, does he make the cut? It's going to be incredibly tough for him to make the cut this weekend. I'm looking at the weather forecast at Pebble Beach. It's forecasted rain Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. Uh, Wednesday, they're saying winds up to 20 miles an hour. Um, well, that's Wednesday. It'll be a practice round. Wednesday, right? uh, yeah, but just, I, just that same system I'm yeah. saying and – Man, Pebble Beach, like Coach just said, when it's windy there, <laughs> good luck. Um, I yeah. think he has a possibility too, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Justin Rose won it last year, but uh, this will be with the, with the purse the way it is. All the top dogs will be oh, sure. uh, be there at this particular tournament. It's a place to be. Uh, I wish we could go. Yeah, let's go out there. Uh, I'd love weekend. to go. I, I've been there and got to play <laughs> Why don't there. Why you go? You should I just wish, go. Wish I, I, I you could, could go. Uh, Justin, you and I can hold down the fort. He should go, shouldn't he? We, I played there one time, and the Jap, we had about four Japanese guys in front of us, and they were so cotton-picking slow. I have never in my life, I was playing with a bunch of guys. I, we had to drive up and say, could y'all kind of hustle up a little bit? They probably just didn't know what you said. No, they didn't what I said. They had no idea what you said. All right, we'll take the break. We'll get to Doug. Uh, luckily, Doug, won't. we'll let Doug pick the Super Bowl. Do we have a week off for the Super Bowl? No Super Bowl this weekend, right? Uh, Taylor Swift's actually going to have a concert in Tokyo uh, like two days before, so she's going to fly back, so she's not going to be hanging out in Vegas all week, so you won't have to see. But all you people that are saying you're not going to watch because of Taylor, be quiet. You're going you're gonna to be right there watching. Royal Cleaners, they want to make life easy for you. They'll come right to you, pick up all the cleaning, get it cleaned up, deliver it right back. If you want to drop off University Boulevard, Bridge Avenue, and North Porter, 4851 Rice Mine Road. For all your cleaning needs, only one choice in the community. Well, that's Royal. 205-391-0034. Get to Doug next. Let's Tide 100.9. It's the home of Album Sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. 
Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We do have a few areas of backup. One of them is on Lurling Wallace as you step on to the Hugh Thomas Bridge up to the Jack Warner Parkway exit. Also southbound Highway 69 as you approach the Union Chapel Road intersection. A few blocks worth of backup to contend with there, but no major accidents along the way. We do have a crash that's been with us for a bit now on westbound 2059 before the Colleen exit, but it is out of the road. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The weather cool and dry today with a sunny sky, the high 51. Clear tonight, the low 31. Then for tomorrow and Wednesday, the sky partially sunny both days. The high tomorrow 60, cooler on Wednesday with a high in the middle 50s at 54. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 42 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Mr. SEC Tournament Wimp Sanderson gives you his excellent analysis every weekday on Inside the Locker Room right here on Tide 100.9. Welcome back to Inside the Locker and get right up to the Yellowwood Hot Line. He's brought to you by MD Wellness and Aesthetics. Our main man when it comes to talking golf, uh, Doug Bell. Good morning, Doug. How are you, sir? <laughs> hey, Barry. Hey, Coach. I- I'm doing fantastic. I-, I tell you guys, if we had bet at the beginning of the year on Chris Kirk, uh, Grayson Murray, Nick Dunlap, and Matthew Pavone from France, we would all be on easy street right now. I mean, and we wouldn't have had to put much down on those guys. The the lowest odds were Chris Kirk at like 250 to 1. Everybody else was more than 400 to 1 going into the week. So pretty amazing what's happening. What is Nick Dunlap this week? Uh, what is it? You've seen any odds <laughs> on him? Well, he's going to be way down there. Um, there's four Alabama guys, by the way, playing uh, in the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. You know, it's a signature event, guys. So there's only like 70 players. Winner gets over $3 million, uh, and you get 700 FedEx Cup points, which is 200 more than a, a regular event. But, you know, Justin Thomas is in it uh, because he's top 30 in the world ranking still. Uh, Davis, Riley, Lee Hodges, and Nick Dunlap. So so four University of Alabama guys in this signature event, that's that's pretty good. Is this, a no, really cu- good. Is this a no cut event, Doug? Uh, uh, yes, a no cut. So... Uh, and I'm not sure what last place gets, but it's somewhere in the vicinity of $250,000. So, yeah. Did you no say cut. Two, That's why. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you say yeah. 250000 if you come in last? Yeah, yeah. And, and see, that's the thing. That's why, that's why Nick's victory was, um, you know, the timing was really, really good. And I know uh, in some ways it was a difficult decision to, to leave your team. Well, not difficult. But, well, I mean, it's just it's, it was a no-brainer. Listen, I, I work with all these guys. Some are still playing the PGA Tour. Some are retired. And 100% of these guys were like, the young guy has to come out. I mean, there's no there's no reason to go back because your goal is to play on the PGA Tour, and he's accomplished that. And now with all the money, and he's in all these signature events, he's in the Players' Championship. I mean, these are huge 
dollar events on the PGA Tour. So Nick, um, at 20 years old, is, is taking advantage. And oh, by the way, you know he he didn't get to take the 1.5 million for winning the American Express, but you know he he does have a sponsorship now with TaylorMade and Adidas. And from what I understand, um, and this comes from players who have similar contracts, uh, TaylorMade. Uh, made up for that 1.5 million you know there's bonuses built into those contracts and obviously they will pay him more now that he's turned pro so even though he didn't accept the 1.5 million it couldn't because he was an amateur um he he makes that up over a period of time thanks to taylor made in adidas wow that does he uh, have an agent or does he have coach help him or what does he do there no, no, he has an agent, um, and he had an and he recognizes his agent at the press conference. It's the same agent um, as Bryson DeChambeau, who's obviously a big live player. Uh, Jason Kokrak, uh, who's on live. Uh, this agency and this particular agent also represents Sam Burns, who was in the final group with Nick yeah. at American Express. But, but he's well represented, um, and and you know what's interesting about Nick Dunlap now is and I'm, I'm sure he's had the opportunity to play Pebble Beach. Uh, I don't know that for a fact, but he will now to. be playing all these. Well, he's playing all these tournaments now for the first time. So, uh, And the good news, it's a no cut, so it takes a little bit of pressure off. But, oh. you know, when you become a pro, guys, it's all different. You know, travel, uh, playing week after week, uh, deciding on the schedule, and, and obviously going against. This is a signature event. I mean, the best of the best. The Am Express was really a good tournament, but I mean, guys, everybody's here. Scotty Scheffler's here. Victor Hovland's here. Uh, Rory McIlroy is here. Uh, I mean, you just go down the list of the top players. They're all, that's who Nick Dunlap's going against this week. Uh, is there a time, or are there times that you can? Uh, can I, let me let me sorry phrase this. Can he play as many times at Pebble prior to the Pro Am as he wants to, or is that limited? Well, it'll be limited because they have they do have some pro am events. Um, and oh, by the way, this tournament is not like it used to be. You know, they only play two courses: Pebble Beach and Spyglass. And Spyglass is a really hard golf course, by the way. Yeah, sure. Uh, and the and the amateurs only play two rounds. It used to be they would play all four rounds. And, you know, Saturday was the day that CBS or whoever would interview all the Probably. you know the NFL players, the baseball the, players, etc. But that won't be the yeah the stars won't be there this year. Um, Really? It'll just be 36 holes for the amateurs, and then the weekend is going to be at Pebble, and they'll, like I said, they're going to be going for a lot of money. Well, they, so he can, he can he he can't he only plays twice on the course before it starts counting. Is that correct? Or three times? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he he had his press conference. What was it last uh, Thursday? Yeah. Um, and so I'm sure he's already flown out to Pebble. And he's he's probably already played, you know, Pebble Beach and Spyglass. Um, certainly, he's gotten a feel for the golf courses and the setup that he'll have for a PGA Tour event. Uh, so, I, I'm I'm excited about watching him. Um, but I'm also excited. You know, Justin Thomas played well at the American Express. Um, Davis Riley is a guy I've always felt. Yeah. Uh, you know, he won the team deal last year with Nick Hardy, but I, I've always felt Davis Riley. Is a guy who has enough game to uh, he picked to be up really six thousand farmers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and Lee Hodges again, guys. He won the three M yeah. Open last year up in Minneapolis. So, uh, you know, it's funny. Alabama's gaining on Georgia. Last year, uh, ten Georgia Bulldogs were on the PGA Tour, and Alabama was second. 
uh, UNLV and Oklahoma State had had seven, and now with Nick Dunlap, uh, Alabama has eight, and Wilson Fur is on there too. So Alabama actually has nine guys on the PGA Tour. Uh, I think if I need to check, but I think they're just one player behind the University of Georgia for the most players from your college program on the PGA Tour. Uh, what the caddy is going to stay with him? Same caddy. Hunter. Well, I, I think so. And for the time being, that's what I understand. Um, and, and that was, Coach, and, and Barry, that was the other thing. You know, I, I work with these guys who play. Many of them have played, like this week, over with John Rollins, who's been on the PGA Tour for more than 20 years. And his feeling was that Nick needs to get an experienced caddy, somebody who's been on the tour for a long time, who knows the golf courses. Um. And he said, he got, I got nothing, he got, you know, he has nothing against the guy who carried for him in the American Express, Hambo, but he said it, he just feels as he now embarks on his professional career and he's going to be going places he's never played, never seen. And he said, you really need an experienced caddy who will tell you, uh, you know, how to play certain holes, how to avoid danger, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, how, how's this caddy thing going along with JT and, and what's his name? Bones. His caddy. Bones yeah, Bones. Uh, well, it's going great. Um, you know, Jim, again, gets paid um, handsomely. You know, most caddies get a, per, a weekly allowance plus a percentage anywhere from 5% to probably, you know, maybe 10%. From what I understand, it's like 5 to 8% of the winnings. Uh, but but Jim works for a salary. And I don't know what that is. I, I know it's probably seven figures to, uh, to carry for a guy like JT. Um, so... You know, Justin Thomas played good at the American Express, did not play last week, but knew that he was in. I didn't realize that he was already in the signature event because his world ranking is still top 30. As long as you're top 30 in the official world golf ranking, you get in all the signature events. And so that that was the case with JT. So I, I think Justin's headed for a really good year. Um, a, a, a player that talented, I just and he's still a young guy. I just don't see him having back-to-back bad years. But to answer your question, Coach, uh, they have they have a very good working relationship, and and Jim is still on the bag. I, and I talked to him briefly at the American Express. And just a difference in the purses uh, this weekend: twenty million. Uh, the waste management is eight million eight hundred thousand. Uh, you're talking about over twelve million dollars more uh, for the AT and T Pebble Beach. Now, on Thursday and Friday, will will an amateur play in these groups with them? How does this? How does the format work, uh, Doug? Well, it is a format. You'll, you, you'll, you know, there'll be two PGA professionals and their amateur partners. Um, and, and from what I understand, these amateurs now, um, no longer are they getting, you know, the Bill Murray's or, uh, you know, the Larry Fitzgerald's, you know, the former NFL guy. These are actually amateurs who pay to get into the field, you know, play, play in the tournament for 36 holes. Uh, and so each, each pro and their amateur partner will play 18 at Pebble, 18 at Spyglass. And then after the first two rounds, the Pro-Am has been decided. And then on the weekend, it'll just be the pros playing at Pebble. Hmm. So that's that's how it's going to play. Oh, and speaking of money, guys, this is interesting. Um, Bo Hostler uh, had a nice uh, top five finish there last week, and he won $366,000. Bo Hostler, University of Texas guy, has been out here for probably seven or eight years. Um, in fact, he when Alabama won the national championship of golf, you know, he, he was uh, on the Texas team, so maybe he's been out here a little longer. But he per- passed the $10 million mark in career earnings, guys. Bo Hostler's never won on the PGA Tour. Think about that. 
seven current players are in that category, more than $10 million in career earnings, and Bo Hostler is one of them. Um, and you think about how has that happened, it's because of all that's happening in golf with Live and these signature events, many of these young players now who no longer, you don't even have to win. You just, if you stay out here long enough, you're going to be the benefactor of what's happening in golf. But Bo Hostler, great guy, uh, really good player, but he's never won. And he now has career earnings more than $10 million. Pretty amazing. And the Pro-Alms, pro uh, 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 both courses, and the, do they get anything for winning that? The, the Alms? Can they, well, they get... you, you, you get a lot of prestige, okay. a lot of crystal. How much do they have to pay to be in? You said they had to pay, Doug? How much do they have to pay? Oh, goodness. Um, I would think somewhere, you know, most of these guys are. The partner will pay for them, won't they? The partner will pay for them, won't they? Well, I, no. I, don't, no, I don't think so. No. I don't think so. I, I would think somewhere in the vicinity of, um, you know, $25,000. Oh, okay. Oh, play? I thought it would be more than that. Yeah, yeah man. And it, it could be, Barry. You know, that's a good, that's a good question. I'm not exactly sure. Try that out I, for you us, know, it's just. Well, it's a limited, you know, I always enjoyed when I was out at Pebble on Saturday, I was always assigned uh, to interview the celebrities as they walked off five and then they waited to tee off the par five, six. There's always a big wait. And I always enjoyed talking to these guys. I mean, I had an opportunity to, you know, talk to Aaron Rodgers and, you know, Roger Clemens. And Are you going to be uh, there this year? Uh, I, I'm going to be working it for PGA Tour Live. Uh, so I'll actually be in a studio. In oh. St. Augustine, working it, yeah. In St. So, I wish I was out there. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah, that's where that's where PJ Tour Productions is located. Yeah, okay. So um, the Golf Channel, Golf Channel thing is still going good. Yeah, everything's good. Um, and it's Brandon's just, still you know, making everybody mad. Yes, <laughs> he actually, Brandon Chambly, um You know, NBC hasn't decided on who their full time analyst is going to be ever since they parted ways with Paul Azinger. And so they've been trying, you know, they tried Kevin Kisner out in Hawaii. How was that? Uh, well, I thought he was okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, he has to decide if he wants to quit golf and be a full-time TV guy. Um, I think that is, you know, something that he's deciding. Um, you know, Paul McGinley, the Irishman who's on a lot, they tried him out. And then Brandel Chambly with the American Express. And from what I gather, you know, Brandel was very opinionated, uh, very outspoken. And when like Sam Burns, Hit it in the water there, playing with Nick Dunlap on Sunday. Chambly was very critical of the swing um, and couldn't believe a player his stature, you know, delivered that kind of swing crap uh, on the 71st hole. But, you know, so we'll see what happens. Usually golfers don't like announcers that are overly critical. Sure. Uh, so we'll, you know, and, and NBC, this will be a CBS event this week. And this is the other thing, guys. Jim Nance um, was – Last week's tournament ended on Saturday because they've done that the last three years because of the championship Sunday in the NFL, and CBS has one of the games. Jim Nance calls the golf tournament from a studio in Baltimore. Really? And then, yeah, and then calls the NFL game yesterday. So, I, and I, to me, that is amazing because on Saturday, if you, you know, he's telling stories about the players. He's obviously done a lot of homework and he's talking about, Tory Pines and this and that, and and then at the same time he's getting ready for uh, the championship game yesterday, which he called with Tony Romo. The where would he, where would he be? Will he will he be in live at uh, in California? 
Yeah, he'll be a pebble. He lives on the property. Yeah, I knew he did. I thought he did. The cool thing, Jim Nance walks around in the mornings when he's out there, you know, drinking coffee or whatever. It's obviously one of the most amazing spots in the United States. But oftentimes, he will casually walk up to the 7th green, the little par 3 downhill. Yeah. And he will grab the phone of a person playing, and he will do the play-by-play. And he's done that quite a few times. So, it, like, if you're playing the par three on your phone, you'll have video and Jim Nance calling the play-by-play your tee shot. And he does that just kind of – he gets a kick out of doing that. So, uh, it's one of the one of the neat things. But yeah, That ain't, yeah, that ain't no fun par three either. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Um, but <laughs> there. but Jim, Jim's doing okay. Um, he, I, I think he's enjoying life, Jim Nance. Right. And he does a great job. All right, uh, Nick Dunlap, back to him. Um, yeah. What, what are we talking here with his Adidas and this equipment contract? And is, is this paid monthly, like every month, just for wearing his Adidas and swinging those clubs? It's just automatically deposited into his, his account. What kind of money are we talking here, Doug? Well, you know, uh, again, for for an amateur, I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, a player who has won, you, you get bonuses too. Very, you know, it's built in like, hey, if, if you get a – if you finish, if you win, obviously you get a bonus. You top five, top ten, top thirty. So every week when you play, depending on where you finish, you'll get a bonus from your company. Uh, but yeah, you you come to some uh, a, agreement at the beginning of the year, and you know, for example, Rory McIlroy, uh, he has some crazy club deal that pays him tens of millions of dollars per year. Uh, a guy like Nick Dunlap, I would think now that he's turned professional. Uh, I would think that contract is uh, close to a million dollars a year. Yeah. Uh, and then you get to cash in on these bonuses. And, so, and um, also the Adidas. What, what does Adidas pay a golfer? Well, it's a closed deal. So, again, that probably is another half a million dollars. And and, and Nick was uh, taking advantage of that through NIL. Yeah. Um, you know, at the American Express, he no longer had the University of Alabama golf bag, the stand bag that guys carry on their college tournaments. I mean, he had a... He had a tailor-made pro bag. It does have a big Alabama uh, logo on the front of it, uh, but uh, you know he he had he he, he was getting paid. Which, Let me ask you the this: football players, had he, basketball players, had he come back to Alabama? Right, uh, we're a Nike school. Would he have been able to wear his Adidas stuff since that's his NIL money? Or would he have to wear Nike since Alabama's no, a Nike school? No. No, I think, you know, uh, under the NCAA guidelines, he would have worn what everybody else wore, okay. his teammates, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. But uh, when he participated in PGA Tour events, he would have he would have played his tailor-made Adidas stuff. Yeah. Uh, Barry, Barry needs to know this, and so I'm, I'm, help, I'm asking for him. He's blaming me. And, and you can change it after, because it's two weeks. But uh, um, L.A. is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Against Mahomes and them, LA, you can get LA. you can you can Kansas City. <laughs> no, Kansas City's not the favorite. You said L.A. Uh, well, Los Angeles. He meant San Francisco. Oh, San Francisco. I'm yeah. sorry, San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that two and a half point. I'm sorry, two and a half point favorite. You can think it through and, and tell us what you think now. And if you after you studied it a whole lot for a week. We'll let you change it next Monday again if you don't like what you think. Because Barry's interested, Barry's interested in trying to make some money. And so mm-hmm. it's a two-and-a-half point, uh, uh, you know, favorite for the 
West Coast team. What's your thinking? Well, <laughs> um, I like the prop bets on the Super Bowl guys, and I think you can make a lot of money in those. Like, who's going to score the first touchdown? Oh. What quarterback's going to throw the first touchdown? Oh. Um, you know, oh. things of that nature. You know, as for the game, guys, I mean, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs um, because, in reality, if you look at the playoffs, the 49ers have played two good quarters last night. The last two quarters were the only two good quarters they've played. I, okay. I just – listen, I'm, I'm a Mahomes believer. I think Mahomes is – and I think, you know, I was thinking yesterday I was watching the game, guys. Andy Reid was the longtime Philadelphia Eagles coach and basically Fire. got fired. Yeah. by Jeffrey Loria, the owner. Yeah. How did the Eagles let that guy go? Yeah. I mean, my goodness. I mean, nobody calls a better game than Andy Reid. I mean, these big wins, Mahomes deserves credit, yes. He's exceptional. And Kelsey is a Hall of Fame tight end. And they have they have great talent. It's called Andy coaching. Reed is the brain. Oh, my goodness. He's the, he's the brains behind it. And I know he gets credit, and he's on commercials now, et cetera. But over the years, you know, Belichick and others have grabbed all the headlines. And, and in some ways, guys, I believe Andy Reid is somewhat underrated, which is amazing to me. What he accomplished. Oh, sure. He has oh, never sure. won the big one at the Eagles. And then they fire him. And then the benefactor of him getting fired was the Chiefs ever since Andy Reid. Of course, he's the guy who drafted Mahomes, too. But I, I, I tell you. Yeah. Um, you, have to, you have to understand everybody gets fired. We just got to having Houston nut on. And he was talking about getting let out, and he was right. with Bobby. Val- he was with Bobby Bowden playing golf. Oh wow! And Bobby Bowden yeah. stopped the cart and said to him, "Look, I got the stadium named after me, and I got out under bad circumstances myself." <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it. Yeah, it happens. To, happens to all the great coaches at one time or another. Um, you know. Hey. Oh, I wanted to tell you this, guys, before I wrapped it up. Um, Michael Jordan's golf course coach at Hope Sound, Florida, down here near, Ju- near Jupiter. You uh-huh. need to play it, coach. It's called Grove 23, and that's Roman numeral XX, uh, you know, 111. Grove 23. Michael built it in Hope Sound. And, guys, get this. He likes to play as fast as possible. Every player, you can't ride with anybody. Everybody has their own cart. Yeah. They, go up to 40, they go up to 45 miles an hour. The caddies are on the uh, the two wheel carts. They go faster than the golf carts because they. If you have a four caddy, they want them racing ahead. There's no, you know, at the turn. There's no stopping to get something to eat. Michael just wants you to keep going. And up until a few weeks ago, they had drones that might, you would order your food or drink, and it would bring it out to you. But the air traffic controllers have grounded the drones. Because they had too many fun around the property. Well, when we beat UCLA, when we not we beat UCLA. When we when when we played Michael Jordan, we held him to thirteen and got. I beat remember. Him. Yeah, one of the great. Yeah. Well, I mean, you need to come down here and play this course with him. Yeah, yeah. He 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 and Ennis Watley used to have a he and Ennis Watley used to have a talk about 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 that. D- Doug, he's saving all his money. Tell him to get a plane ticket and go to Pebble Beach this weekend. Well, I'd he like to. He should. He? Absolutely. Yeah, he should, he should I mean, go. I, 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 I mean, all those Alabama guys were welcome out there, Coach. Yeah, he can. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. They wouldn't even, they, I'd like to, but I guess it won't. Yeah, well, all right. Um, should Taylor Swift sing at the Super Bowl, Doug? <laughs> From what I understand, I saw where she's. Mm, Going to be in she's Tokyo. Performing in, 
Yeah, yeah and so she's going to get back like a day before the Super Bowl, right? How do you get all of her props and everything she uses on? How do you get all that to Tokyo? Uh, How do you get late. it there? Oh, no. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I mean, she has some pretty I, unique things that she does in a concert. What, was, what does she make, Barry, that kind of concert? Oh. Doug, what's she, right. what's well, she knocking read, back? Well, I read a, after her world tour, she um, she profited $1.5 billion. Yeah. Billion? Billion with a B. Billion? billion? With a yeah. B. Yeah. And she, she personally... No one needs to go marry her. Well, all the people that... Are, or, uh, you know, taking stuff out of the trucks and setting things up. I mean, she wrote them a personal check from what I read. You know, each each person got a $100,000 check or something for doing oh, a good job. Think, for uh, Travis Kelsey going to marry her? Well, I guess he'll probably sign a prenup. He'll probably sign a prenup. <laughs> I think Travis is doing okay for himself. He played awful good yesterday. Yeah, 11 um, catches. Yeah, pretty good. Well, think about that. Think yeah. about that that Super Bowl bet because I'm confused. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll have right. to change well, that, it. No, no. Right now, I'm I'm, I'm with my home. Oh, you're you're, saying, you're saying do the prop bets. Uh, we'll have to look at those. Well, yeah, that too. And that, next Monday, we'll have some good prop bets. Yeah, really good prop bets. All right, Doug. Tell everybody <laughs> about MD Wellness and Aesthetics where we let you go. Absolutely. Uh, it's mdwellnessandaesthetics.com, and I invite you to go on the web because it has all the stuff and the specials that Susan Brignac, the owner, has right now. Uh, 205-582-9216 is the phone number. Uh, Susan's there today. Uh, give her a call. It's a free consultation. You sit down with her and Dr. Don Mancuso. And, guys, it's all about uh, skin care, Botox, laser treatment, uh, hair care, hair replacement, weight loss. Uh, B12 shots, hormone shots, testosterone replacement. They do it all, and it's all under the guidelines, uh, again, of uh, a great medical staff. So she's been doing it a long time, Susan. Great lady. Uh, give her a call. Again, 205-582-9216. You're the best, Doug. Thank you. Thank you. Real tight, guys. See you next week. All right, there's Doug Bell. Uh, Justin, you'd go out there with Dad and drive him around, wouldn't you? Help him out? Oh, in a heartbeat, I would, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't even charge him, would you? As long as he bought your plane ticket and everything, you'd be good, right? Yeah, I'd be good. I'd be there so go. good. All right, let's talk about Bob Prince and Prince Glover and Hayes. Prince Glover and Hayes, 345-1234. Outstanding attorneys, attorneys that can help you through tough times. If you have an accident, that accident shouldn't have occurred, occurred and you can you need some help. And Prince Glover and Hayes are the people that help you. 345-1234. Would you rather go, uh, Justin, to AT&T Pebble Beach or go to the Waste Management Phoenix Open? Which one would you want to go to if you could go to either one? I don't know. I feel, is, does Coach like to party? I feel like that's the Waste no, Management. No, I, I ain't no big so, party here. No, party but, here, you man. know, he... He, could, he would like it, though. It's a bunch of people. Yeah, I'd like it. it. Yeah, I'd like yeah, it a that, lot. Is it the 16th hole there, The just surrounded by the grandstands? <laughs> yeah, it'd be awesome. All right, we'll take this break. Phone lines will be opened, uh, 205-342-9904. Call us if you think that should go to Pebble Beach. Tell him why. He does a tie 100.9. Is he home of Alabama sports? The best station in the state breaking down Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Inside the Locker. We'll get right up to the Yellowwood Hotline. We'll get uh, Joe into the show. Good morning, Joe. Hey, Joe. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, uh, Wimp, you don't need to fly to Pebble Beach. You, you no. know that, and I, and I know that. Why? Uh, Why? Barry, listen. 
Barry, that's too long a flight and everything. And what it does to your body and everything. You're trying to say he's old? <laughs> I'm not old, but I'm, old, I'm not that old. Hey, hey, look, Barry, don't forget what the doctor told you for your uh, yeah, operation. Yeah, that's me. He's, he's, he's healthy. Yeah. Uh, let's just be honest here. Hey, look, uh, y'all were talking to Nut about the graduate, uh, about the grade thing. Yep. Did y'all see like two weeks ago the graduation rates for the for the football schools? No. Did y'all see that? I Guess did. who finished next to dead last in Power Five? Who? Georgia. Oh, Georgia. 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 Forty-seven percent. The closest SEC team to him at sixty-nine percent was. Barry's Kool-Aid boy, Kelly. <laughs> you can't blame him. He ain't been there for two years. You can't blame him. Well, six years to six years. LSU is LSU. Well, he wasn't there for two point. of the six. Well, who was number one? Uh, you, uh, well, Vandy was number one in the SEC, of course, and we were second. And, uh, you know. But uh, let me humble Barry here. I know I had not got much time. <laughs> Uh, am I still, still coaching John Carroll? Yeah. Okay, I knew he was. I talked to the golf coach two years ago, and he was then. Yeah. He's the AD, too, I think. Oh, yeah. Now, he beat you 45-42. Yeah. Well, he did, that but his team that, did. That game was played at? Hoover in like an auxiliary gym at Hoover High School. So it was played on a neutral floor, and it was played in December. I'm just trying to get you humble before you. Barry and him couldn't buy one. one. It's terrible. What wasn't his? He's a good coach, but it was a darndest thing I've ever seen. I was, I was at the game. I can tell you right now. Was, well, you know, sometimes you lose some that you shouldn't lose, and then sometimes you win some you didn't deserve to win. So both things have happened this year. Wimp, did Barry ever try to run on him? I think I don't think it was that. Uh, I, I, they they were a better defense. They had they had good team defense. I've never seen the team roll it in or roll it out the way they they did. Very empty. It sounds like I'm trying to take up for them, but they just had a day that I never seen anything like it. They should have beaten them good. They, they, but the other team did a good job. They did a good job. I'm fixing yeah. to give you the Alabama. What's going to happen for Alabama the rest of the year when we get through here? Yeah, we well, let's up. get off. Let's right. get off. I, I want to hear it. All right, I we'll take the break. We'll, all right, we'll take the break and get back, and you can tell us what's going to happen, and we'll slip out of here and make way for the Gary Harris Show. You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. Tuscaloosa traffic now from the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We have picked up a new accident in Northport. This is on northbound Highway 69 near Tears Patton. The uh, roadway there does involve some partial road blockage, and you do have police on scene. So it's a bit of an active scene developing there. Again, northbound 69 in Northport. No big problems, though, if you're traveling 2059 from Foster's out to Cottondale. Posted speeds there as we wind down the morning drive. With your Tuscaloosa traffic now, I'm Ray Romero. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The weather cool and dry today with a sunny sky, the high 51. Clear tonight, the low 31. Then for tomorrow and Wednesday, the sky partially sunny both days. The high tomorrow 60, cooler on Wednesday with a high in the middle 50s at 54. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 42 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Then we need to wait till tomorrow, Barry. No, go ahead. Uh, tell us what's going to happen. Tom's going to be been waiting all day. We have... Uh, 11 games left Alabama does. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are um, going to do this. This is, I could be off, naturally off of basketball. You can't pick. Um, they've, got, uh, they've got five tough games. They've got six winnable games. Uh, they're going to win all their games at home uh, in a, in a dogfight against Tennessee, so that would be a question mark. But they go, they're probably going to win that one, too. Uh, their toughest things that uh, they're going to have to play are they, they've got to win. They, they are going to have a struggle against Kentucky and Auburn on the road. And then the other two teams that will give them a struggle, besides the Tennessee game, which will be a struggle, I think they'll win it at home, will be Florida and Ole Miss. And after they have played Auburn, uh, they go to Kentucky and play, start playing. Uh, they've got another game in there between that. But they're going to play a Kentucky, Ole Miss, Tennessee, uh, bam, 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 right right, right uh, next to each other. And so if you beat, if you, if you beat, if you were to lose to Kentucky and Auburn, that would be three losses for you. You would, you would need to split. Or win both of the games of Florida and Ole Miss. Florida and Ole Miss will not be as easy as our listeners think. How about on the road. how about Wednesday night at Georgia? Yeah, they lost to Georgia over the other year. Georgia was one yeah. and seventeen. Okay, now, there are six games as I've said that that could be questionable a little bit. You've got to go to LSU. You've got to go to Georgia. Uh, places like that. Uh, I, I I would think they would get through those six. But the five games that I have mentioned, the four games I have mentioned, Florida, Ole Miss, well, you don't think about it all. You think about Kentucky and Florida, and Kentucky and Auburn, yes. And then you, you, some of you think about Tennessee at home. I think, I think they have a good chance Tennessee at home. So I think uh, that's where they're going to stand, and they're going to end up in a, in a 14-4, 15-3, probably 14-4 record if they were to lose either to Ole Miss or to Florida on the road. All right, uh, Nate Oates would say you better be ready this week, this Wednesday at Georgia, uh, because the Georgia's good enough to beat. And that game's a weird. It's five thirty, five thirty Central, so you have to get off work early, get home, get dinner ready, and you can tune in. That's it for today's show. We're going to get out of here, and make way for the Gary Harris Show. So keep it locked in the Tide, one hundred point nine and twelve thirty AM WTBC. It's the home of Alabama Sports. Thank you, Justin. Everybody have a great day. Listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama Sports.